Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Sabrina Santamaria, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. <laughs> I love having in-person conversations, so I'm like super excited that you're like next to me and we don't have to do this virtually. And you're in town to play at the Templeton 60K, so thanks for coming by. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Um, it's always nice being local, and so slow is only a couple hours away yeah. and um, super easy, so I'm happy to be here. You'll have to come up more often, I feel like. I definitely have right? to, Yeah. <laughs> And I was, I don't know, like I was telling uh, someone else yesterday, like really fun wine tasting in this area, beaches and hikes. And I know you have like, the cutest dogs, so yeah. you can bring your dogs. Yes. So um, definitely nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Definitely going to do a little bit of everything up here, the wine tasting, and hopefully my dog comes this weekend. Yes, so. yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, before we get into things, well, I have like tons of things I want to talk to you about because I love your background and everything, but you are a SoCal girl, right? Um, and But, and a lot of us that grew up, and I'm also a SoCal girl, but a lot of us that grew up always kind of ordered from Tennis Warehouse, but this is the first time you've actually seen Tennis Warehouse. So give me some of your first impressions. Yeah, no, um, it's crazy that this is the first time I'm seeing Tennis Warehouse um, because I'm so close. But um, first impressions, I mean, it's huge. It's a huge lot. I had no idea yeah. that it was just one <laughs> huge building. I thought there were going to be multiple little buildings around, but it's so nice that everything is in one place. And you were saying how everything is done in-house. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome to see. And meeting all the different departments was super awesome, too. And just putting faces to names and everything was so cool. And it was nice seeing familiar faces um, after filming on Indian Wells uh, the past year. Yeah. Um, it was really great to see people again. Aww. So um, happy to be here. That's awesome. Awesome. And uh, from like a behind the scenes perspective, it's super cute because there's tons of people that play tennis and are into tennis here, but there's a lot of people that don't know a lot about tennis. Yeah. And then when there's a professional player in the building, there's like this buzz and I'll get messages later like, oh, was she a pro? And I'll be like, yes. And they're like, and I'll like start like bragging like she just did this and this is her ranking and like check out this video. So yeah. Everyone's so, so kind here. Everyone's so sweet. Oh, it's super fun to have you guys on site when when you get the chance. So yeah. thanks no, for coming. No, we love it. We love coming. <laughs> we love coming. Awesome. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. You are, like I said, SoCal. How did tennis start for you? Um, so it's a funny story. Um, so back in the 80s, when my parents first immigrated to the States, um, they both immigrated to Los Angeles. So my mom's from the Philippines and my dad's from Panama. And um, they both came in the late 80s. And um, they would always play at this small park in Koreatown. Okay. It's like four courts, nothing crazy, you mm -hmm. know, typical park tennis. And they actually met playing tennis. Oh my and um, the rest so was like history. Like, um, <laughs> I, you know, I grew up playing tennis just because it ran in the family history. And um, that's actually where I started playing was these small courts um, in Koreatown. It's called Chateau Park. Okay. And um, yeah, I just grew up playing tennis. Um, it was kind of just normal for me because my parents both played recreationally and it was kind of a family sport that we did together and we would just that's all I kind of knew and I thought that was normal and I thought <laughs> you know missing sleepovers on the weekend to go play tournaments was normal because mm -hmm. that's all I knew and um, I'm very thankful for that obviously um, that they were 
um, able to sacrifice so much and um, push me. And um, it was a really good balance, I think, growing up because I'm where I'm at now because of that. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of my upbringing. I grew up in L.A., um, grew up in Griffith Park. So um, I never belonged to any country club, which is interesting. Um, I never belonged to any academy, which was also interesting. Um, So I had a very... A bit of an unusual upbringing um, with tennis because I feel like a lot of juniors, they get sent off to some academy in Florida or, you know, they go up to Wild Tennis Academy. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, that was partly due to finances because we obviously didn't have the money to do that. Um, So my dad has been my coach my entire life. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that was much easier financially. I didn't have to pay a coach. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we would just use um, local parks in LA. Um, My favorite one is Vermont Canyon, which is up by the Griffith Observatory and also next to the Greek Theater. So I would grow up um, like practicing on Friday nights and hearing concerts going on. I remember, I think it was like No Doubt playing like back when I was like super young. And that was like a core memory that's just like, oh, I love it up here. It's beautiful. So cool. It's You've got mountains, you've got the Greek theater. Yeah. And it was so awesome. So um, those are actually still my favorite courts to this day. Oh and I gosh. still go hiking up there. Yes. Um, so that was, yeah, my kind of upbringing with tennis. Nice. And are you an only child? I have an older half brother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And does he play or no? No, no. he played basketball growing okay. up. Okay. Um, yeah, but he lives uh, by Temecula now, so oh, nice. um, not, not too, too far. far. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then I was just saying off camera that you went to Campbell Hall, and <laughs> I, I I actually went to Chadwick as. Um, for oh, high yeah. school, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I coached at Palm Desert, and we always remember Campbell Hall being, when I was at Chadwick and at Palm Desert, was always an amazing school. So how was high school tennis? Because I know, like, it sounds like you were kind of an untraditional junior player, in a sense. Yeah. And a lot of girls that are really good at tennis in juniors don't play high school tennis. Exactly. <laughs> so how yeah. did it go for you? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like when I was 15, 16, or before, maybe 14, um, when I was deciding, you know, are we going to do homeschooling or go to high school? Um, I think I really wanted that high school experience. Um, I wanted to meet people outside of tennis and other athletes and other, you know, just different people. Yeah. Um, and so... We thought that high school, going to high school, at least for a couple of years, maybe doing a hybrid type of thing would be the best scenario for me because I really wanted that experience. Yeah. Um, so Campbell Hall was amazing. We had all of these athletes, actresses. We had people in the arts, music. Um, it was just a really well-rounded school and we got to get exposed to so many different types of people. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's very, it's a bit unorthodox for someone that's you know quite good at tennis mm-hmm. to go the high school route because generally you do homeschool yeah. and you go to an academy. Um, so for me, I wanted to pick a high school that had a really good tennis program. And at the time, um, the competing schools that we competed with had a lot of good mm-hmm. uh, players. Mm-hmm. Like Nicole Gibbs was playing for Crossroads. You had Logan um, who was playing for uh, Brentwood who then went on to Stanford. Um Michelle Slahian, she was also on um, our Campbell Hall team. Sarah Lee, who was also on my Campbell Hall team, <laughs> they both went to Michigan. So That's we had crazy. a very competitive yeah. um, Southern California high school tennis program. So yes. um, that's 
another reason why I went to high school and decided to play high school tennis was just because the competition was really good. And every week you were getting good match play. So I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. Yeah. You know, I get good practice and I get good matches. And that's, you know, nice. for development, that's awesome. So um, high school tennis was awesome. Okay, yeah, cool. That's good great. to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. And then from there you went to USC. Was it always going to be I USC? <laughs> I know. We've got a lot of USC fans in the house. <laughs> and we've got a lot of USC ladies on Team Tita. But what was your recruiting process? like where did you look or was it like nope I'm only going to USC <laughs> yeah it's funny um I I always kind of joke about this whether it was USC or UCLA I always say oh I look better in red so I chose mm-hmm. USC but I'm just joking <laughs> um so yeah when I was around 16 I had a lot of friends that committed to USC and were already on the team um and I just saw how cool it was and it was you know I'm from LA. So it was only 10 miles away from me. USC and UCLA are both 10 miles. And it was always between them two. Okay. And I just, I love the coaches, Richard Galley and Westnott. They were just awesome coaches. And um, the team that was there just seemed like they had really great team chemistry and camaraderie. And I really wanted that. And my best friend, Caitlin Christian, she committed first. And then my other best friend, um, Gabby DeSimone, she committed and Danielle Lau. And it was just going to be like a really good group of girls. Yeah. And um, I was like, this is a no brainer. I have to go to SC. I, I love the coaches. I love the campus. Um, I love kind of everything about it. And it's close to home. That was a big thing. Also, I wanted to stay close to home. Okay. Um, so that's why it was always USC or yeah. UCLA. And, you know, I look better in red. Yeah. So <laughs> we went no. all the way with SC. That's <laughs> awesome. And you guys had some amazing years there. Uh, Maybe you can talk a little bit about the success, but I also was reading up on you doing my research and saw you had an injury during college. So maybe you can also talk about that. Yeah, no, um, they were the best four years of my life. Like I would do it all over again if I could. Um, Just with everything, the team, the experiences, meeting other people, um, even like my freshman year roommates, I'm still really good friends with. Um, So, and yeah, they were, um, it was just such a great experience. Um, Freshman year, uh, amazing year. Um, We were kind of like the underdogs going in, but we had such a great freshman class. And like, even like, Throughout the whole lineup, it was just really solid. Um, and we, uh, I think we won Pac 12s that year. And then we also uh, got to the Final Four nice. that year. Um, and it was just like, it was so cool because we were kind of had that underdog feeling and we were just so hungry to just beat everyone. Yeah. We wanted to blow Stanford out of the water. <laughs> I think we beat them 6 1 that year. Oh, wow. And, Dang. you know, that was the year that they had Nicole Gibbs yeah. and Christian. And yeah. I mean, it was just like, tough lineups Mm -hmm. um but we were just so hungry that year and even like sophomore and junior year we were still so hungry and we really wanted that national title um we just fell short again you know got to another final four but um yeah that sophomore year um I won NCAAs with Caitlin Christian that's awesome so um we won doubles which was awesome and um the following year my junior year I tore my ACL. Um, Yeah, it was a wild, just, it was the most pain I think I've ever been in. Um, We were playing a dual match against Texas in Austin, and it had been raining. And um, because of the rain, we had to go indoors. And they had this brand new indoor facility. No one's ever set foot on that 
on those courts. Uh-oh. And um, <laughs> it was just like really sticky and gritty. And it was the first match ever on those indoor courts. And I think I had like new shoes too. And I remember playing in my singles match and I was running for a ball and I just felt like my shoe kind of stick onto the surface and then my leg just go in and out and I just immediately knew something was wrong, fell to the floor, like in pain. I was just screaming for help and like everyone stopped playing and they're like, what's going on? And they rushed to me and I just couldn't, I was just like in shock at first and I was like in high hysterics and I was just like, I have, you know, I thought I broke my leg. Yeah. And um, after like about 20 minutes on the ground, I was like, okay, I think I'm, You're like, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, took a couple of deep breaths and I was like, okay. Um, so I got up, went to the shower and I was like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's just like a right. bad spring. Right. <laughs> and um, I decide, okay, let me try walking a little bit. I take a step. No. My leg completely gives out. It was like jello. Mm. I was like, this is not good. Like, I can't put any weight mm. on it. So I was kind of at that point still kind of like in denial that I tore something. I was kind of like, OK, maybe it's just a bad sprain, you know, give it a couple of days. Um, and so we, we couldn't even do the ACL test on me because I was just in hysterics and oh I just gosh. couldn't even yeah. get to that point. So we flew back home. Um, the next day they did the ACL test and it confirmed that it was torn and that I needed surgery and I was freaking out. Yeah. Um, but luckily I had my teammates who are like my best friends yeah. and they were all just, they rallied around me and, um, they were so supportive. I remember. <laughs> so another team W team TW player, yes. Juju almost. Yes. So she's been my best friend since college <laughs> and, um, she were the same year. Um, so we went freshman, you know, all throughout, mm-hmm. um, our college career together and um, when I tore my ACL, she was by my side Aww. like a puppy dog. Like Aww. she was just – she would follow me and she, she would help so me. Cute. She would have to lift me up onto my bed. She would help me into the shower. <laughs> she would paint my toenails. I oh mean, I owe a lot to Juju because she did so much for me <laughs> so during sweet. that time. Um, yeah, and then I had the surgery and it was hard because – um, this, it was still in season. So a lot of my teammates or the whole team had to go, you know, to Seattle and to Arizona and, you know, you have to go to all these matches and I couldn't travel. So it got to a point where it was like kind of lonely. And, um, so then I decided, oh, maybe I'll just start dating because, you know, what else is there yeah. to do? I had school and I was like, well, you know, my friends are gone. So maybe, you know, I start dating and if anything, I make new friends out of it. Totally. Um, but I ended up meeting uh, my husband nice. um, during this injury. And um, ever since our first date, it was like our first date was actually playing tennis. So that's kind of funny. So um, it's kind of a long tradition of meeting your yeah, spouse uh, so on a tennis cute. court, which is kind it. of funny. Um, and yeah, and then the rest was history. And um, he's been traveling with me every so often. And we've been together eight years now. Um, so yeah, he travels when he can. He works remote right now, um, which is nice. So yeah. he's with me here in Tumbleton. Oh, awesome. Um, but he's working and, oh. um, he's normal <laughs> also. He's not a tennis player. <laughs> okay. Um, he's just normal. He was, it's funny because when we met, he was studying abroad at USC. No way. Yeah. So that one semester that I happened to get surgery. And so like in a weird way, it was meant to be. Exactly. Yeah. In a weird way, it was almost like that. a blessing in disguise um, that I met him in, in such a short, like weird time frame because he was only there until June and we met in April and it just was That's so wild. Crazy. Yeah. And he's originally from Finland. And so, um, yeah, it's just funny how it all happened. And 
Um, we were long distance for a while, um, which was tough. But now he's in L.A. for the last couple of years. So oh, I really love good, that. I have like goosebumps hearing yeah, that story. No, That's it's, so it's a wild story. Yeah. So that whole injury um, was made a lot better because of him. Yes. So. Um, it, How long it were you good. out for, though? Um, I was out for about 10 months. Oof. I came back at 10 months. And then, you know, I was playing tournaments. and But I was starting slow. I wasn't pushing myself. Um, and even when I started season up again in January. So I came back, like, in October. Okay. Um, started season in January. And I was starting slow. Like, I was playing, I think, number six, number five, kind of mm-hmm. working my way up. And then I think, like, in March, then I started top three again um, just to kind of build back up so it was like a good progression I think I didn't want to rush into it um, because I know it can be very difficult if you come back too soon and you can you know there's all these things that can happen so I really wanted to take my time especially because it was like my senior season and um, I wanted to make sure that I could finish strong and finish on my terms Um, so it all worked out yeah and um we want uh we reached the final four that year. Nice. Um so that was awesome. And then I was an all American. That was also one of my goals nice. um to finish off. So um yeah, it was a really good collegiate career. I yeah. did a lot of the things that I wanted to do and um I did it with a lot of amazing people people around me um and minus the injury, but then you know, I gained a husband. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. So exactly. Cool. <laughs> Um, And you painted the picture so well. And something that I've been able to watch and see is like the chemistry between you ladies. Like it's not just the USC team, but like you guys specifically really embody this like amazing like female empowerment friendship, (laughs) like women lifting women that I always am like, oh, I'm so proud (laughs) when I see that. But maybe you can talk to me a little bit about like it's so cool to see that you guys are all being very successful now as pro players. Yeah. So how did the transition from college to pro go for you? And was it something where you're like, okay, ladies, like, let's do this? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been amazing. We have so many girls on tour right now. Um, and I actually think, like, we're so close-knit and we really raise each other up and we push each other and we're there for each other. And we're very supportive. I think because we came from college, like a lot of, especially on the double side on the pro tour, like a lot of doubles girls um, that pre- previously went to college um, were all very close because I think we want to carry on that camaraderie and that support system um, from college to the pros because we know how lonely it can be on the pro tour. Um, especially, you know, a lot of us, it's hard to bring coaches every week and, um, you know, family support, like it's just you go months without your family sometimes, especially during the European swing. Yeah. So um, for us, I think it was such an easy transition from college to the pros because we had each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was me, Juju, Des, Caitlin, like we all kind of like finished college around the same time. And mm-hmm. then we all kind of started um, out on tour at the same time. So we were going to like ITFs together okay. you know, in the very beginning, like um, back in like 2016, 2017 we would room together you know and back at that time we always joke because um you know we always wanted to save money and so we would pack like four girls in a bed you know um whoever lost you know we would say oh you you know you come bunk with me Mm -hmm. and you know we just created a very supportive environment and um yeah and it's so great because we kind of lift each other up and um you know, support each other. And when one's doing well, you know, that kind of pushes the others to do well. And, you know, you see 
oh, she's doing really great. Okay, I can do this too. You know, and it's a very mm-hmm. like supportive just system. And um, I'm really thankful for that. And I'm really thankful that we have each other going through this and traveling together. Um, And so, yeah, I really credit college to just being able to like establish that camaraderie and that support system. And I think that's what's helped us on tour right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just having, you know, people around you that support you and actually want you to do well. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> That's awesome. And in my head, and I might be wrong, but like this is my own little like fantasy. I know you, Juju, Danielle, all live in LA. Mm-hmm. So like in my head, I like imagine you guys like essentially being neighbors, at least you and Juju. And I like <laughs> feel like you could literally like just like walk down the street and be like, hey, how's it going? I, you're probably a few miles apart. But <laughs> we're, LA's a big place. Um, we're a few miles apart. But D, uh, Daniel Lau and I, we actually grew up kind of playing in the same area. Okay. So we grew up kind of and we still practice together. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's out in Arcadia. I'm in Burbank, um, but we just bought a duplex actually in Mid City. Okay, and Juju just bought a duplex yeah, also in Mid City. Yeah, everyone's got new so, addresses. <laughs> yeah, so we're actually we're very close now. Me and Juju, nice. um, we're probably like a mile apart That's or something so cool. like that. And then Caitlin's out in Rancho Cucamonga, so okay, she's a okay. she's a bit out there, a little farther, okay. a little farther. But we're all, I mean, we hang out all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like I like we're best friends, like, and we're almost like obsessive with each other like we do everything together even when we're on the road we do everything together like it's really funny because um I remember in Miami this year I had to play Juju first round oh gosh but we were still like we were having lunch together and we'd have dinners together and I remember people were like you guys are playing each other like why are you still and we're like well like I mean we're best friends like we're not you know once we step on the court we want to beat each other but you know up until that point you know we we carry on like you know, we're, we're besties. So, um, yeah, so it's funny, but, um, yeah. And honestly, like all of my friends in college and now I think we're just going to be lifelong friends and those are the friendships that you're going to have, you know, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Um, that kind of leads me into the doubles chat you right now I feel like you're more of a doubles specialist than singles. Did something lead you to that? Are you going to be back in more singles tournaments and also I always want someone to explain this to especially our listeners explain how hard it is for doubles players to get in, like double specialists to get in tournaments when they're not necessarily yeah. like high-ranked singles players yeah so it all started um when I made the switch from singles to doubles only it was kind of in 2016 2017 Mm -hmm. um at that point I had been on tour for about two years Mm -hmm. and playing singles and doubles and it was a grind like I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna lie like you're going (laughs) to middle of nowhere countries cities um by yourself because Mm -hmm. you know finances are tough straight out of college you know you never got a job you were just training (laughs) yeah um so bringing a coach was out of the question yeah um, you have to pay for accommodation. You have to pay for your airfare. Um, and you're playing 15 Ks, which are there's no money unless you win it. And that's maybe a thousand bucks. So um, it's definitely very difficult to break even. And 15, 25 Ks, you know, all of these ITF challengers are very difficult. Um, and so for two years, I was doing that. And I was just constantly like breaking even and not making any money. And I just felt like I you know, I, I set realistic goals for myself and I said, okay, if after a couple years I'm not making money, I need to choose a different career path. And so at that point, um, 
my doubles ranking had actually shot up a bit and I was making WTAs. Okay. And I was like, man, like WTA life is nice. Like Mm -hmm. you get hotels, (laughs) you get food, like you just have to pay for your airfare. And the prize money is so much better than, you know, back at the IT, I was playing singles. And so for me, it was more a financial decision because I wanted to be realistic with my tennis career and um, I needed to start making money. Yeah. And um, this was going to be able to be a more sustainable career because longevity wise and just financially, it was just it seemed like the best option for me. And I still wanted to do what I love. Mm -hmm. And so I made the switch over um, to doubles only. And um, yeah, it just shot up, you know, crack top 100, started getting into grand slams and bigger tournaments. And, um, you know, I've loved it ever since. Um, I still, you know, I'll dabble in some singles yeah. every now and then <laughs> okay. if I play a lower tournament and I happen to get in, I'll play for fun. But doubles has been the focus the last um, ever since 2017. Nice. Um, just from a financial standpoint. Um, and going back to your question about um, breaking into doubles only, yeah. it is quite hard yeah. um, because you have a lot more girls doing that. And, um, you know, tournaments are tougher. I think especially after the pandemic, um, we're very limited in how many tournaments we have. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just came back from Korea mm-hmm. and we didn't have an Asia swing. So I went to Korea for one turn- tournament and um, that was it. And I That's came back crazy. home and um, <laughs> it's just, you know, there's a lot less tournaments. And so it's harder to break in. Um but, um, you know, it's everyone has to start somewhere and we all started at the bottom. You know, we all had to start at the 15Ks. And it's just one of those things where you just have to keep building and, you know, hopefully um, you break through eventually. But it takes about a year, I'd say, like yeah. a year to a year and a half, two years. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely it's not, not like hard. you have one great tournament and then you're like, oh, I made it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. One tournament. Well, it'll help you, but you got to have a few more of those. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, then, of course, the question is, how do you pick your partners? Because I know I've talked to a few, you know, there's a bunch of great doubles players out there right now. And some are like, no, I'm playing with this person for the rest of the year. We're trying to make, you know, end of year. Mm -hmm. But I've seen with like your little crew, sometimes you guys switch up. And like, Mm -hmm. I was kind of just joking, Juju and Gabby Dabrowski were in Tokyo while you guys were in Korea, which is kind of nice. You're like, okay, you guys go over there. We'll be over here. (laughs) But um, Gabby had just played, Luisa Stefani just came back and she just played with her. And so it's kind of like, where does, how does that work? Or how does it work for you at least? Yeah, definitely sticking with one partner is ideal. Yeah. Because, you know, you kind of get to, see each other's styles and you mesh really well and you get to progress as a team. Um, So that's the ideal situation. You have one partner, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen. Or let's say you do pick a partner and it, you know, you committed to each other for however, you know, six tournaments or half a year. And let's say like in the middle of that, it doesn't go so well, Mm -hmm. you know, then you split up and, you know, have to switch around a little bit. So that's kind of where I was this year. Um, Had a couple partnerships that, just trying to figure out which one would be best fit for me. Okay. And um, so that's been kind of my year nice. this year. <laughs> um, so hopefully next year it's more of a stable, you know, at least for half the year. That yeah. would be ideal. Um, but for me, I just try and pick someone that I know really well, um, that I get along with on court. And the communication has to be, you know, top notch. Um, 
because I think communication is super important, especially in doubles. Um, so usually, and we kind of have like a crew that we kind of like switch around yeah. and usually it's doubles, girls only, okay. and, um, past college players like Kat Harrison or Caitlin Christian, yeah. you know, we kind of all, um, play together. So, um, definitely having friends is, is it helps yeah <laughs> successful friends yeah successful friends helps <laughs> yeah no it's been great watching all the different partnerships but like there has been a lot of success it seems this year which is great too yeah, yeah with different partners yeah exactly did you know who you're gonna play with in Templeton um yeah as of a couple of weeks ago okay yeah. okay so that I didn't know because like sometimes you're watching I was watching on the ITF the players list and your name was not on there like at all and so I was like and then all of a sudden I was like oh Sabrina's coming too yeah <laughs> like oh that's cool yeah it's kind of funny like these um doubles lists you can sign in on site okay so that means you can just show up like the day before and sign in um, so for these ones and even like WTAs, you, you can sign in on site. Okay. So definitely um, you can do it later on, uh, which is kind of funny because then people are like, I want to watch you play, but I don't see your name. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come. That makes sense. Um, there's so many things that I feel like we as people that are fans of tennis don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And even something that I, I always ask, but I think you kind of answered it already, is like, how do you book your travel when you have no idea if you're going to make it to the end of the tournament or, you know? Yeah. So being on tour for as long as we have, we kind of have some travel hacks yes. that we have kind of figured out. Um, so I'll share a couple. Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult. We, we are literally our own travel agents. We book everything from oh hotel to airfare, unless you have an agent, which a lot of double players don't. Yeah. Um, so basically, we try and find the cheapest fare. Mm-hmm. We usually, I mean, I usually go economy. Um, if I can use points and I have enough and I think it's a good redemption, then we'll bump up to business. But Generally, it's economy, lowest fare. Um, this time, I'm trying to stick with United Partners um, just to get the status. I'm almost at gold. So yes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me just get that gold status, get the extra free bags. Um, but usually, it's lowest fare. And then, um, you know, we never really book for the next week until we finish the tournament. Or if you make it, let's say you know that you're going to be in the tournament Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then you can also book flights Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and just cancel them within 24 hours depending on how you do. There you go. So a lot of times we'll do that. And sometimes we have really great luck with that because it's almost like a weird like mental thing where we actually do better when we have a flight booked. Okay. And it's like more reason to cancel. So we're like, okay, yeah, I won. So I'm going to cancel that, you know, keep the other flight. Um, And one thing we did um, this summer after we finished Wimbledon, the flights going back to L.A. were just – astronomical Mm -hmm. so we all actually booked round trips um originating in london returning from la for the next summer oh wow so that's a little hack you save 500 bucks or 600 bucks um booking a round trip that way when you know you'll probably be back come back that (laughs) summer um and you can kind of change the dates here and there too um, which is nice. So at least you save, you know, a good bit and yeah. you've got the flight for next summer already. So that's nice. a, a win-win. And then another thing, you know, we use credit card points, Chase Sapphire Reserve. We're all, we all have that card, um, which is amazing for lounge access. Mm. That makes things so much easier. Point redemption, transfer partners. Um, we kind of look at every single avenue, what's going to be the best redemption, transferring to Air France or transferring to United, Delta, whatever it is. 
Um, and so we kind of exhaust every avenue to try and find the best deal. Nice. Um, and then even booking in, you know, different currencies, like oh, wow. coming back from Korea, I booked in the Korean yuan um, and saved like a couple hundred bucks or the Norwegian krona. I've done that. Like, you know, just different mm-hmm. ways to kind of save money because um, we're all about saving, yeah. especially on the doubles tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So those are kind of my little hacks. Oh, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. I would. That's so cool. That I have always been curious to ask someone that. So thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> um, let's talk gear a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know you're a vocal player and we don't see a ton of vocal on the pro tour, but talk to me a little bit about your history with the rackets and yeah. what racket you play with and why you like it. Yeah. Um, so I started playing with vocal when I was 16. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny because I was a Wilson girl growing up. Okay. So from 12 to like 16, I had been playing with Wilson and I had a sponsorship, junior sponsorship and they were going through budget cuts and they actually cut me. Oh no. Um, when I was 16, but it's okay. It's another blessing in disguise. Um, so then I got picked up by vocal and I just asked, um, you know, is there a racket similar to my old Wilson? And um, I got set up with the older Vocal V-Cell 8 um, back in the day. And I loved it. And I loved the string combo that I had. And um, they were great. And they treated me like family. And, you know, I think they they have a warehouse down in San Diego. So everything was just shipped really quickly. Nice. And um, I've been with Vocal since I was 16. That's awesome. And I've kind of been with the same, uh, like, racket, but different kind of variations. Um, so right now I'm using the Vocal V-Cell 8, um, using the Cyclone string nice. along with that. Um, and kind of I've been tinkering with my tension a little bit so I dropped down to 45 pounds oh wow from 48 so a bit of a okay. nice little change get a little bit more you've got all that it. touch though yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try yeah. um yeah and they've been great ever since I was 16 so um definitely super loyal to vocal <laughs> that's awesome I love that um and then you also have some really fun sponsorships like you have a food sponsorship yeah <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure you have some other accessories and like other fun ones tell me about it because I'm always like on your social media I was like oh my god she got snacks that's so amazing <laughs> yeah no um so I have a lesser evil popcorn sponsorship yes um they are amazing they're the best popcorn I've ever had oh my gosh I tried it last year year for the first time and I was hooked I was buying up that popcorn like no other (laughs) and I had emailed them and I was like hey you know I love your popcorn I am obsessed with it I would love to do like a social media collaboration of some sorts or some sort of partnership like I love your popcorn like I just want the free popcorn (laughs) and um, they're like yeah sure like you know they set something up and I guess word got around to their CEO um, Charles and um, we actually had a phone call and um, we chatted and he loves tennis and he really wanted to help me out. Oh my so gosh. we kind of came to an agreement with the sponsorship. And it's been such an awesome year with them. They are amazing. They're out in Connecticut. And I visited their factory um, when I was in New York for the U.S. Open. And it was so cool seeing how everything was done in-house just like here. Oh, nice. Um, and it was a very like family-oriented mm-hmm. operation. And, you know, I got to meet the workers to you know marketing to everyone in between Mm -hmm. and it was so cool to see the popcorn being made in real time packaged sealed and literally loading up to all these factory trucks and it was so cool because their warehouse um they were packaging everything and he was saying how things are gone in three days. So they clear out their warehouse wow. in three days. So I'm like, oh, wow, everything is like really fresh. Like, yeah. you know, it's only there three days and then it's out like on the shelves. On the shelves. Crazy. And it was so cool to see. And um, we had 
you know, we played tennis that day and it was so fun to meet everyone. Um, but that's been a really awesome partnership this year. And I'm so thankful for them because um, they've helped me out a lot nice. and they have the best popcorn. So nice. highly recommend yes. that popcorn. You can that's find so out Whole cool. Foods. I was going to say, I know Whole Foods has <laughs> Whole it. Whole Foods has it. I think like even Sprouts, Ralph's, they carry it. Um, Himalayan Gold is one of my favorites. Okay. It's so good. Um, but yeah, no, I love partnerships, especially with brands that I use and that I'm passionate about because it's so much easier to, mm-hmm. you know, really push out product that you're passionate about. Yeah. And I'll only ever partner with brands that I actually use. So that's a big deal of mine. I won't say yes to any partnership because um, nice. that's really important to me. And that's also like authenticity and, yeah. um, you know, wanting to push out a product that you actually believe in is kind of important. For sure, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Nice. Do you have a skincare partner too or no? Um, I do, I yeah. That up? I'm like, am yeah. I making that up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pharmacy uh, oh, beauty cool. products. Nice. Yeah, they're great also. Very cool. friendly. Um, vegan and cruelty-free, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. And I love doing social media stuff. It's really fun for me to do on the side and I try and get creative with it as much as I can with yes. all my different partnerships and um, I try to not make it look so much like an ad, but you know, sometimes it's hard. No, it, it, your <laughs> stuff try. looks awesome and super authentic and you're <laughs> dabbling on this TikTok side of things too. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw your, um, like pack with me video and it was so good. I was, yeah. I was impressed. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of time, but I actually really enjoy that. Um, especially on the road when you've got all this free right? time. And, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I love making little videos yeah. and kind of hopping on the TikTok trends, doing ASMR videos. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you did the stringing, the cutting of the strings. I love that. Yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah. D-Lau also. Oh, my goodness. She She's a like, machine. What? I know. She's I'm like, can you teach me how Social you edit that? Social media machine. Right? Yeah. I know. She's on it. And, like, literally, I'll, like, suggest or say something. And then she'll, I'll be, like, just checking in. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, I already. And I'm I already like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then she'll like and here's the behind the scenes I'm like, yeah oh cool she's incredible <laughs> she's a machine she's got all of these gadgets too like film stuff oh, and like camera holders that she can put on the fence and and then riley her dog i was just gonna say that's oh, the common theme too is like everyone has cute dogs <laughs> yeah. that they can include in there <laughs> yes because that's yeah, yeah that's awesome Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your dog. What's the breed? I always forget. She is a miniature bull terrier. Bull terrier. So like the target dog. Yes. Okay. Literally yesterday I was talking about that you were coming down. (laughs) I was like, she has the cutest dog. I think it's the target dog. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's a clown dog. Okay. Like just slanted eyes, big head, big big snout, stocky body, like really stout. She's like almost 50 pounds, which is wild because like she's small. Um, so we gotta go on a little diet. But. Uh, no, no. Um, I like I would just gave you that blank stare because in my head I was like, oh my gosh, what if we did? I'm sorry for people that aren't dog people, but what if we did like a Tita dog calendar? Like, oh, 100. percent Okay, right. With all of our dogs, like, tennis, like tennis, 100. But do- tennis players and their dogs. I'm here for in it. full T Dub. Yes. Okay, yeah. I am here yes. for it. Who was the? Oh, it was Danielle that put the crop on. Yeah. The, the dog. And I think the first Alexa time. did too, right? She put it on B. Yes, yes. Alexa put the crop on B. I yes. think. Yes. Everyone has the cutest dogs. I know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for it, Michelle. Okay. So. Gypsy is gonna play. Also, I tried putting the crop on her. I might have put it the wrong way. I don't yeah. know, but she's she's yeah. down too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to make this happen. Sorry, guys. Sorry, <laughs> Tita. We're, we're gonna, coming at you for holiday 2022. Yes. <laughs> Calendar dogs I'm of Tita. For it. <laughs> um, let's see. We've talked about so many things. I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, culture, your background, your parents. You said immigrated into the States and yeah. ha- what that means to you. Yeah. No, um, it's definitely super important to me. Um, so my mom's from the Philippines and my dad's from Panama. And so growing up like half Asian, half Latina was definitely interesting. You have all these kind of sometimes cultural clashes and but for the most part, it was a nice like melting pot um, in my family. And um, I grew up, you know, eating all the Filipino foods and all like the Hispanic foods, rice and beans, pork chops, you know, like all these um, empanadas and, (laughs) you know, enchiladas and all these Hispanic things. And then you also have noodles. Like it was just a funny like, you know, my... like dinners every day were just either Asian or Latino. And um, <laughs> it was just a funny kind of way of growing up. But um, it, I, it's really important to me. I think representation is so important, especially like being in a sport as tennis where, you know, traditionally it's, you know, a more affluent sport, um, you know, a lot of country club players and I think telling my story um, is important to me and I want to get it out into the world that you don't need to be a country club player and you don't need to go to a fancy academy. You can do everything with a wall, you know, in your garage or, you know, whatever you can get. Um, And um, I think also like growing up in the parks, like I was exposed to a lot of different players and my dad would pay like 20 bucks to the old guy, like, to with, hit. you know, a wooden <laughs> racket to hit with me oh. and, you know, play me a set um, and, you know, getting exposed to all these different types of players like moon ballers mm-hmm. and hard hitters and slicers. And I just, you know, and I added that to my repertoire and, you know, the slice and the drop shot and all these trick shots and that you only really find in park tennis and um danielle lau and i we kind of joke about it because we also we grew up in the parks yeah Um, she grew up playing park tennis also and um we kind of like we just that's that's our joke like park tennis like (laughs) hashtag park tennis um whenever we you know we're we're watching each other and we you know we want to do a little bit of slicing and you know get creative and we always go back to you know that's park tennis it's a little gritty yeah it's gritty it's you know like nothing fancy make it work you know it's like everything in the kitchen sink I love it type of playing um but uh yeah no uh, my upbringing I'm so thankful for because I think it's made me a stronger person and um culturally it's been you know and I just really want to push the cultural representation because I think it's important for young, especially young girls, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm, at such a young age, 12 to 14, I think that's the highest dropout rate um, for girls to drop out of sports. Mm -hmm. Um, So especially if I can even just empower young girls um, and say, hey, look, I'm brown. I'm a minority. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how I did it. And, you know, you can do it, too. Yeah. Um, It's super important to me. And, um, you know, I try to really push that and I try to um, be available for um, young kids to, you know, talk to them and do clinics. And I, tr- I love doing kids days. So Aww. whenever like at tournaments, there's kids days, I always try and be a part of that. Um, yeah. And it's just going back to, you know, representation is so important. And, um, especially in LA where it's such a cultural melting, melting pot, pot anyway. Sure. And, um, yeah. if I can get, you know, a couple more minorities 
in tennis. I just that that's my dream. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. And there's so many great programs in the LA area that are like offering free tennis. And I know yeah. that a lot of the coaches look up to you guys for what you just said. So yeah. it's nice to have someone that looks like them yeah. being successful as a pro tennis player. And yeah, like maybe definitely. 20, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe that wasn't someone that, you know, they could yeah. resonate with. So definitely. that's so yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this up because I feel like we could literally talk forever. <laughs> I could talk to you about everything. <laughs> we should have brought the dogs and just We like, should have brought the dogs. <laughs> this is day two where I was like, why didn't I bring my dog to work today? Yeah, um, I wish you did. <laughs> I know. Me too. Maybe I'll go grab her. I'm like, do they have, or do they allow dogs at Templeton <laughs> Tennis I, Ranch? I'm not sure. I'm going to check on that. I literally was joking <laughs> yesterday. I was like, I don't think they allow you, but uh, you could come. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of more questions and then we'll be done. Yeah. But I know you just went to Korea and it sounded like it was the first time you got, you got to go. Yeah. And it sounded like you had an amazing time. Unreal. So kind so of cool. tell me a little bit about Korea, but also any other new places that you got to go this year that you really that like left an impact on your heart. Let me think. OK, so I'll start with Korea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, first time Korea. Um, and so I brought my mom cool because she's oh, never I been to Korea either. Awesome. And I was like, okay, this will be a fun trip. You know, we'll stay the week regardless of yeah. whether I win or lose. And it'll just be a fun trip. And um, so we get there and um, we're a little jet lagged, came straight from L.A., and so the first couple of days, you know, it's practice. You don't really see much, but the hotel was connected to, it was like an adventure world. It was almost oh. like a mini Disneyland. Okay. It was this huge resort, actually. Um, it's called the Latte World Resort type thing. Okay. And um, so it was connected to this adventure land. And then you had like a huge mall also connected. Nice. <laughs> and then you had the Seoul Tower, which is the largest, tallest tower in all of South Korea, um, also attached to it. Um, so it was just like this huge mega land of stores, shops, restaurants. Like there were so many restaurants. This mall was eight stories. Oh my and goodness. I don't think I even saw all of it. And it's just, it was very nice and convenient because it was attached to the hotel. So everything was easy. Dinners were easy. Yeah. We didn't leave. That's yeah. a problem. That's <laughs> that a problem. The, yeah. <laughs> so, and what's funny about winning, which is great, but if it's your first time, you don't get to see anything. Yeah. So we actually. <laughs> We didn't see anything other than the Seoul Tower, which was because it was connected to our hotel. Nice. <laughs> um, so, but from there, you know, we had spectacular views of all of, you know, Seoul and it was beautiful. I just wish I got to see a bit more like the downtown area and yeah. go to the night markets and everything like that. But we were, were winning. So, you know, it's just uh, I'd rather be winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we didn't get too much time. But I did get to spend a lot of time with my mom who nice. loves hotel life. She okay. loves, you know, getting room service yeah. and going to the pool, jacuzzi, yes. you know, relaxing. Um, so she enjoyed that, which I'm happy about. But, yeah, it is hard, like traveling for tournaments it's a lot of tournament site hotel yeah, yeah tournament hotel so you don't get to see much but um unfortunately but i loved it like nice. the food was incredible the people were amazing um and the skincare oh unreal <laughs> i saw your skincare post. sunscreen nice. oh so good i stocked up like our suitcases were quite full coming back home but oh my gosh it was awesome. An amazing trip. And I asked Asia how you toted back that trophy. 
She said she had her ship, but you brought yeah, it back. I brought it back. <laughs> that trophy's massive. It's huge. It's beautiful. It it's is a gorgeous space. Um, the design is just, I'm sure it's hand drawn and hand painted because so it's cool. gorgeous. But it, it was quite big. And luckily, um, I was able to carry it on because my mom had an extra hand. She only oh, nice. had one piece of carry on luggage okay. and I had two already. So my mom was able to help me out with that. But, um, yeah, the That's trophies cool. can be so big sometimes. And I'm like, how do you expect us to travel with this, you know? Um, but luckily, there's a shipping option, too, okay. which is good. <laughs> um, when you carry a trophy back, like, as a carry-on, do they box it up? Or are you just, like, legit carrying it? Um, usually, they box it up. Okay. Usually, it comes with a box. So, luckily, this one had a box because I don't know what I would have done with it <laughs> if it didn't have a box. You want to be careful with it. Um, usually, it, it all comes in boxes, Got though. It. So, they, they help that, us out. yeah. You would get a ton of people like saying, oh, congratulations. Like, what? what yeah, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, TSA did stop us when oh. we were going through. They're like, what is this? Like, mm. what's inside? Yeah. Them? And I had to point to like the credential because, you know, the English wasn't very like the communication was difficult. Mm -hmm. So and then he was like, oh, OK, nice. got it. And I'm like, yeah, great. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> OK, last question. What does a couple days off at home look like for you? What do you love to do when you don't have to play tennis? and You get a few a few minutes to relax. <laughs> I have like a whole day. So either I'm having breakfast or brunch with some of my friends nice. trying to just catch up. Um, then I'm hiking with my dog. Oh, I it. always do that Griffith Park yes. Trail. That's my favorite. Then I always have to hit up um, my favorite burrito stand in L.A. It's called Yuka's. Okay. It's like also where I grew up. Um, it's by Griffith Park. And it's just like this really quaint like little taco stand. Mm -hmm. It's literally like five by five. Like nice. it's, a, it's a small little stand best burritos ever okay um so i always hit that up after like a long trip and nice. like a day off um and then sometimes i'll go to like the local club and just go swimming with my husband um it's a pretty chill day yeah um i usually it's everything revolving with my dog yeah like, i will take my dog <laughs> everywhere hiking I get it. <laughs> like cafes coffee run like i will take my dog everywhere yes um and just snuggles and you know probably catch up on sleep relax read a book um, it's very much like relaxing while still getting like a little hiking or swimming in there. Yeah. Um, a, little it's a little exercise. Active recovery. A little active recovery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I do hot yoga in Silver Lake. Um, my favorite one is called Y7. Okay. Um, it's like the best vinyasa flow that I found. It's hot yoga um, and they play really great music. Nice. And um, I, it's my favorite yoga studio. So if nice. you're ever in LA, you okay. Shout out. <laughs> yes, I love that. Awesome. Well, yeah. can you tell everyone where they can follow you on social media so they can yeah. take a closer look at and follow along with all your cool content? Yeah. My Instagram is at Sab Santa Maria. So just S A B Santa Maria. My Twitter is the same. Um, I think it's Sabs underscore Santa Maria. It's one of those. But if you just Google my name, they probably pop up. Yeah. So. And we'll yeah. link everything in the show notes. And thanks so much for coming by. This Thank you so for fun. having me. This is a lot Appreciate of fun. <laughs> Yay. You so did fun. it. I know. So easy. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting.